Welcome in these are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. It's been a while, Sean. It's it been has a been a while. long while. And it's been a great month of fights, too. And I could tell you the, the, the last one we did. Was it UFC 217? Yes. So that was a, a crazy fight. GSP getting the win. We see uh, Rose Namajunas getting the win. Yes. And then also uh, the crazy uh, win as well yeah. for um, uh, TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt. Yep, over Cody Garbrandt. No, that was a crazy, bantamweight title. crazy card. Yes. Absolutely fantastic card. Um, and we see Bisping fight again, even in those last yeah, months, he gets knocked out rough. by Kevin, should, yeah. Kel, by Kelvin Gaston. We also see he's that. a warrior though, but it's hard to see that happen to Bisping we if you're see, a big fan. We also see the win uh, that Fabricio Verdum got. Um, I think we're forgetting a little bit. Uh, Poirier, yes, got Poirier, a win as he well beat Pettis. Pettis. Uh, so those were the big three his fights. First, his that first we main event win, actually. Oh, look at that. Uh, so Poirier probably getting a fight in another main event soon with the wins that he is racking up. But today we're talking about UFC. 218. It's taking place on December 2nd at the Little Caesars Arena out in Detroit, Michigan. Going to be a great fight. We got Holloway versus Aldo 2 as the main event and Overeem versus Nganu as the co-main, but this card is absolutely stacked. Yes, it the is. The prelim card that's starting on Fox Sports 1 is absolutely awesome. Starting off with Felice Herrick versus Courtney Casey. A women's strawweight fight. We're not covering that one, but definitely going to be a good fight. So you got about like, you know, nine great fights on this card. It should be a fun one. We we're going to start off, though, in that prelim card. We're going to start in the welterweight division. Alex Oliveira taking on Yancey Medeiros. Danny, what are your thoughts on this fight? Who do you got? This is a very interesting fight because both of these guys were lightweights and they moved up to welterweight. And since then, we've seen improvements in their cardio and improvements in their stride. Um, Alex Oliveira is a very crisp striker. Excuse me. He's very light on his feet and he's actually very good off of his back as well. Um, Yancey Medeiros has actually got some very good boxing. He trains at the same place as Max Holloway. And uh, he mixes it up very well. And since coming up to welterweight, he actually knocked out Eric Silva in his last fight. So he's brought up power along with his cardio. So this is going to be a striker versus striker matchup. And it's going to be very interesting. Um, usually guys who uh, pressure Yancey Medeiros, and you saw in the Dustin Poirier fight, um, he tends to fold and Charles Oliver, I'm sorry, Alex Oliver, excuse me, likes to put on a lot of pressure. So I got to mm-hmm. take the cowboy in this one. I think he's lighter on his feet. I think he's a much more disciplined striker. And I think he's got to cover angles that uh, Yancey Medeiros is going to be very unfamiliar with. Both guys on a two fight win streak Olivero over Means and LaFleur. Yancey Medeiros over Spencer and Silva, both at the welterweight weight. So I'm iffy on it. I know last time, though, I picked Yancey Medeiros to win against Eric Silva, so I'll ride with him again. knocked him out. So it it worked well for me last time. I'll go with Yancey Medeiros. I think last time he fought as well, he was fighting with Holloway on the same card, got the win. Max got the win as well, so I'll go with Yancey Medeiros to get the win. Then we're going to lightweight division. Charles Oliveira taking on Paul Felder. Who you got in this one? This is a very interesting fight because this is a classic uh, grappler versus striker matchup. Paul Felder actually trains with Duke Rufus, and he's actually a little quiet protege of Donald Cowboy Cerrone, uh, color commentator for the UFC, but he, man, can he fight. He's called the Irish Dragon. He's a very good striker. He's known for that war with Edson Barboza. Mm-hmm. Very good striker. Taekwondo black belt. He's got some very good kicks, and you saw with his fight with Derek Crookshank, actually, that he's got a very uh, underrated ground game because he actually oh, he was getting tagged on the feet, and he took it to the ground, and he was able to finish him on the ground. Uh but Charles Oliveira is is a master on the ground. Uh, he's got some pretty good Muay Thai, very technical Muay Thai, um, but where he is very dominant is his grappling. He charges forward very well with that double leg. He loves to clinch and just 
climb on you. He literally tries to take your back from a standing position if you're up against the the, the cage in a clinching position, in an over-under position. He really likes to go over that over-under position and slide that hook in and just try to take your back. So he really tries to frustrate guys with his ground game. But Paul Felder's used to that from bigger guys. This is going to be a very interesting fight, but I got to give the edge to Paul Felder. Yeah, Paul Felder on a two-fight win streak. You look at Charles Oliveira. He is two and three in his last five fights, one and two in his last three, but just got a win over Will Brooks at UFC 210. Uh, I, I think I look at all this, and, and you talk you know, highly about Felder, but you know, you look at Charles Oliveira, he's a UFC veteran. You look uh-huh. at you know, Fighting Cup Swanson, Frankie Edward, Donald Cerrone, Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis, Ricardo Lamas. He's lost all of those fights. Yeah, he's, but, he's been through the grind. But when you look at you know that lower competition, he really can't beat that upper echelon of fighters, but he really is able to handle that lower level like Will Brooks, Miles Juries, Nick Lentz, Jeremy Stevens. All those guys are good fighters, but they've never been champions. They've never been in that championship contention. I feel like Oliveira will be able to handle Felder here and get the win. Let's move on now to the main card. Women's strawweight fight, Tisha Torres making her return, taking on the karate hottie and Michelle Waterson. Who are you liking this one? I really like uh, Michelle Waterson. Uh, I think she's really going to rebound pretty good from this uh after her knockout loss to Rose Namajunas. Uh, she got choked out by Rose. Yeah, she did. She got knocked down. Knocked down and then choked okay. out. Right. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, when that happened, you know, she took a very long break. So we're going to see what she looks like now. Uh, Tisha Torres, I believe, has been a little bit more active. Mm-hmm. I think she's fought twice since then. Yeah, February 4th, 2017, July tw- uh, 7th, 2017. It's been a quiet return. That's why I thought... Thought she was returning. So she's been very, she's yet. been very active, and she's been learning. She's been growing as a mixed martial artist. Uh, Michelle Waterson, not to say that she hasn't, but you got to wonder where her head's at after her last fight. And in this sport, you're as good as your last fight. So I'm gonna go with Tisha Torres. Yeah, I mean, both of these girls, uh, at least you look at them, two and two for Michelle Waterson in her last four fights. You look at Tisha mm-hmm. Torres; she's two and one in her last uh, three fights. When right. you look at their last losses, both to Rose Namajunas, and that's not a bad. Bad fighter to lose to because she's now holding the belt. Yeah, and just she's the champion. Yuana Janjacek. So I, I, I definitely I see your point about Michelle Waterson where her head's going to be. But we've seen Michelle Waterson be dynamic in there. We've seen her yep. striking be crisp and clean. We've seen her be great on the ground. I look at Tisha Torres, same thing as well. I think this would be one hell of a fight. Um, I think though, taking this all in, I feel like Michelle Waterson doesn't want to let that slide away. I feel like Tisha Torres really hasn't been tested lately. Taking on back Rollins and Juliana Lima. These aren't great fighters. Or Michelle Waterson, she's fighting in Rose Namajunas. Paige isn't a great fighter, but still, you know, she's been in title fights recently as well. I'm going to go with Michelle Waterson. I think she bounces back. I think the Rose fight was definitely a bad fight, but Michelle Waterson is still a great fighter. She's got a karate black belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She's very diverse, so we're going to, like I said, we're going to see. We're going to see in this fight. It's going to be exciting. We're going to move on now to the lightweight fight. It's going to be a fantastic fight. Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. Looking at this fight, Eddie, you got to remember, I mean, you look at Eddie Alvarez's last fight, Dustin Poirier was in no contest. Alvarez landed those illegal knees, so they had to wave off that fight, and then Poirier goes and takes on Pettis, but Poirier wants Alvarez the whole time because he thought Alvarez got out the the wrong way, and you look at Justin Gaethje, he's had one fight in the UFC, and it was one of the best fights of the year, taking on Michael Johnson at the Ultimate Fighter 25 finale back in July, so... We got a former champ in Eddie Alvarez, and we got a former champ in Justin Gaethje. Who are you liking this one? Man, if you are a fan of brawls, don't leave the screen to get popcorn to go to the bathroom or anything. This fight is going to be a very intriguing fight. It's an extremely exciting fight. It's going to be a war. You have two former champions going at it who were former coaches on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, If you saw the show, 
Uh, tonight is the finale, and tomorrow the coaches will be fighting. These two coaches uh, have very similar styles, so they both fight and and with basically with caution to the wind. They're both very good wrestlers, and they both have heavy hands, and they both just love to come forward. Their ideologies coming into this fight are very similar. Is what makes this for a very exciting fight. So if you're into you know where the fighters just bite down in their mouthpieces and just go to war. This is the fight to watch. I personally am very excited for this fight, very much, because of the fact that these guys, you know these guys are just going to throw leather in the, in the center of the cage, and they're just they're not going to stop until one of them falls. No, you're absolutely right, and you look at Embedded. Uh, Justin Gaethje's saying that I would rather lose in a knockout than lose win in a boring decision. So Justin Gaethje is going to bite down on that mouthpiece and go after Eddie Alvarez, and we've seen that with Eddie Alvarez going after his opponents. We saw... Obviously, the RDA fight, we saw the Poirier fight that was great until the no contest happened. So, overall, this is going to be a fantastic fight, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Who are you picking, though? You know what? I have to go for Justin Gaethje. I understand that Eddie Alvarez is the former UFC lightweight champion. He's the former Bellator lightweight champion. But when I look at his performances versus Justin Gaethje's performances, Justin Gaethje's a lot younger in his career. He's He's much more athletic. You couldn't tell that by looking at their body frames, but... I feel like he he his conditioning is just a notch higher than uh, Alvarez's, but I mean you can only take that much punishment for so long. We're gonna see if uh, Eddie Alvarez can take it to Gaethje, but I think Gaethje's gonna edge him out. Now Gaethje eighteen and zero and won fifteen of those by knockout, so he definitely has the punching power. He also has the size as well. He's a huge and, and very built lightweight when you see him in there. So I think I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with Justin Gaethje, even though Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez has the pedigree. Um, and the names on that list to really say, well, Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez is the better resume. He's a veteran. I think I'll take Justin Gaethje. I think Gaethje's definitely onto something. I think we're looking at a future champion here in the UFC. You know what? Um, if Gaethje wins this fight and if Khabib wins his next fight, why not have two undefeated lightweights just go at it for the belt? Well, because one, Conor McGregor's got to defend his belt. They're not going <laughs> to strip him. Two, you got Tony Ferguson, who's already the interim, so you're not going to make an interim to the interim. And then three, Habib's going to fight Connor. So that's why. <laughs> Let's move on now. Flyweight division. <laughs> We're going to Henry Cejudo taking on Sergio Pettis. Yes. Uh, brother of Anthony Pettis. Sergio Pettis has been absolutely on a roll. Four win, four fight win streak. And you look at Henry Cejudo. He looked really good yes, in his did. last fight against Wilson Hayes yes, he did. at UFC 215. So Danny looking at this. Cejudo versus Pettis. Who you got? You know what? This is another classic uh, striker versus grappler matchup, but the grappler has learned how to strike very well, and the striker has learned how to grapple very well. So this is going to be a very interesting fight. Sergio Pettis is Taekwondo black belt. Again, the brother of Anthony Pettis trains with Duke Rufus. So he's got those kicks. He's very light on his, he's very light on his feet, and he's actually very dangerous off of his back with triangles. He threatens with submissions very well. He uh, establishes wrist control very well. He's got pretty good butterflies, very tight butterflies, so he's able to kick you off very well. Um, but Henry Cejudo is the is an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, so he can keep Sergio Pettis down if he really wanted to. But where Henry Cejudo has actually uh, improved upon is his striking, and you saw that in his last fight with Wilson Hayes. He had that wide stance, kind of like that Lyoto Machida karate style stance, and he just threw that right cross out like it was mm-hmm. a piston in an engine it was crazy and he just landed it on Wilson Hayes and he just dropped like a sack of bricks and that was it and every time you see Henry Cejudo fight there are improvements every time you see Sergio Pettis you know fight there are also improvements Mm -hmm. but at a higher level Henry Cejudo has 
been there and done that. So I have to. Get, this is the first real test for Sergio Pettis, in my opinion. So I have to give it to Henry Cejudo. Yeah, looking at this, this is probably most likely going to determine the number one contender for the uh, flyweight belt. That's obviously dependent on the whole TJ Dillashaw thing. If TJ wants to fight DJ, but if that does not happen, most likely one of these guys in the winner of this fight will take on DJ. I'm going to go with Sergio Pettis, though. Four-fight win streak, like we mentioned, and the only fights that he lost, Alex Caceres and Ryan Benoit, those guys are very quick. They're speedy. I think that Pettis will have the speed advantage against Henry Cejudo, so I will go with Sergio Pettis in this one. Now let's go to the co-main event. This one's going to be an absolute brawl. We're playing with the big boys now. Yes. Alistair Overeem taking on Francis Ngannou. Overeem, obviously a uh, a veteran and and a legend in the UFC, and Francis Ngannou is becoming a folktale in the UFC. So, Danny, looking at this, Overeem versus Ngannou, what do you got? Oh, man. This is the Predator versus the Demolition Man. This is an 80s movie right here. Alistair Overeem, the former uh, K1 kickboxing champion, former Dream heavyweight champion, former Strikeforce heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou is a baby to mixed martial arts. But you can't tell that by looking at him because he looks like a monster. He he looks like something that came out of a, a penny dreadful. He looks like something that you see in nightmares. Uh, but he's got some heavy hands. Uh, and every time you see him in the UFC, he's also been making improvements. We've seen him throw on submissions on guys like Anthony Hamilton. Uh, and everybody else that he, like guys like Andre Arlovsky, the punch that he landed on Arlovsky, it, it didn't even look like that it was a mm-hmm. hard punch. It didn't even look like that it was a hard punch. No, it was insane. It, it was insane. But um, ver- opposite of that is uh, Alistair Overeem, where he is a very decorated striker, and he's actually won the Abu Dhabi trials, so he's very diverse on the ground. He's actually choked out guys like Vitor Belfort and Pride, so he's got great chokes, great striking. He's very elusive now as well. So he's very light on his feet, whereas before you, he put on a lot of muscle because he was you know, on— Stuff and things. Steroids. Yeah. yeah. He was he was roided out. <laughs> but uh, he would he was just wreck, like wreck balling these guys like they were nothing and just mm-hmm. crumbling them. Uh, now he's a little bit wiser now that he's been knocked out a bunch of times in the UFC by guys like Ben Rothwell. Uh, now he training with guys like Greg Jackson. He's much more technical now. He's much more. Uh, he's got a lot more prowess and his uh, striking abilities. Yeah, you look at his last six losses all by KO, and the one before it was a submission loss, but it was due to punches back in September of 2016. I'm sorry, his last loss that was not by knockout was back in September of 2006. So looking at this, and one of those losses was to um, Mauricio Shogunhua. Uh, But looking at all of it, I feel like Overeem is going to get knocked out in the first round (laughs) by Francis Ngannou. (laughs) I, I mean, you look at it, and he he was. Oh Mark, my goodness! Mark Hunt was Mark Hunt was slower, and that's why Overeem was able to get to him. You look at for the fight against Fabrizio Verdum. Verdum doesn't have the punching power to knock out Overeem. Arlovski was just slower, and Arlovski was you know not that great of a fighter at that point when Reem beat him. Reem was just a better fighter. Junior Dos Santos, if he got hit by Dos Santos, that was going to be or Dos Santos that was going to be over, but he wasn't able to get it. And Roy Nelson was completely slow, so. I look at this, and there's no way that, you know, Alistair Overham has a chance against Francis Ngata. <laughs> he's going to go to 11-1, he's going to fight Stipe, and it's going to be fantastic. Let's move on now to the main event. 
for the. It couldn't even give me my predictions, man. Oh, you didn't give yours? No, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> I just. What, what do you got? Oh my goodness, <laughs> cracking me up over here. Uh, I'm gonna take Francis and Ganu, um, taking the Predator over the Demolition Man. I mean, I think you're right. I really do believe that. Uh, I mean, you talk about Alistair if he would have gotten hit by Junior Dos Santos, but the thing is, he didn't get hit, and uh, he's got some pretty good head movement and footwork. He's got some very good defensive striking. But, I mean, I feel like if Francis Ngannou corners him, he's just going to clock him until he falls. And we've never seen Ngannou get tired, and I don't think he will. No, no way. All right, let's move on now to the main event. Featherweight title is on the line. Finally. The second match between these two. Max Holloway, the champion, taking on Jose Aldo, the former champion. Looking at this, Holloway versus Aldo, who you got? Man, quick, right away, just like that. We're not even going to... What do you want me to build up? Oh man, I mean, right, Jose the Aldo. former, the former, Jose Aldo, former the... longtime featherweight champion. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. All right, all right, Jose Aldo, the former <laughs> longtime champion in the UFC. Go, he was Sean. twenty-five and one before losing to Conor McGregor, and he got the belt back against Frankie Edgar back at UFC 200, winning the interim featherweight championship. And then Conor was pulled after winning at UFC 205. They weren't going to allow him to be both the lightweight champion and the featherweight champion, so they pulled him. And Aldo was made the champion again. Then he goes up against young Max Holloway at UFC 212 in Rio de Janeiro, and Holloway took it to him in his house. He lost the featherweight championship again, suffering two losses in his past three fights, Jose Aldo, something he has never seen before and something he mentioned, this is his first time fighting for a championship as a contender. It's been a while since he's done that. Yes, it is. So looking at it, going to be an absolutely crazy fight. Yes. Last time that he fought as the contender was back at November 18th, 2009 against Mike, Mike Brown. Brown and you look the at, WEC. You look at Max Holloway, like we said, he's been on an absolute roll. His last loss to Conor McGregor back in August 17th, 2013. But since then, he's on a 10-fight win streak. What will happen? Will Jose Aldo return to the king of the featherweight, or will Max Holloway extend his win streak to 11? I think Max Holloway's going to extend his uh, win streak to 11, and here's why. I feel like Jose Aldo, when you look at him as a fighter, he's very prideful. Right now, when you look at him as a martial artist and he's going in as a contender, he's very emotional. So what type of Jose Aldo are you going to see out there when he goes to the cage? Is he not going to be looking at Max Holloway? Because you know he doesn't like to look at his opponents. Uh, or is he going to be looking at Max Holloway? If he looks at Max Holloway, then you have to figure that he has a goal set to get that belt back. And that's what makes a fighter really hungry is to set a goal and just to just go after it. Max Holloway, when you see him on Embedded, you know, he's having a good time. He's not relaxed. He's still training very hard, but he is spoiling himself a little bit and very, very deservingly, I believe. Um, but when you look at his striking abilities, I mean, they're amazing. He can switch stances very well. He he measures distance very well. He does that with his jab from both sides, his left and his right. Uh, he's got some very elusive kicking techniques. He's got some awesome, uh, he works awesome boxing angles. Uh, he's got a really good clinch game. He's got very good takedown defense. Like there's, there's like the holes of a mixed martial artist, Max. That um, the holes of a mixed martial artist that are detriment to us, that that are detrimental to a striker. Max Holloway has filled. Like Max Holloway's filled those holes. He's filled those gaps, and that's why he's the champion. Uh, when you saw him fight Jose Aldo, I mean, he was just one notch ahead of Jose Aldo every time. Every time, even when he got tagged, he was like, all right, all right. Um, and then after he get tagged, he would just come back. He would come back just mm -hmm. with with more volume, with more volume than Jose Aldo. Yeah. So, Danny, I know you're not a football fan or a college football fan, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
try to create a narrative for you. Back in 2011, the 2011 college football season, Alabama and LSU took on each other in the BCS National Championship game. Now, the BCS used to be a system where the computer would rank the teams. And prior to them meeting up in the championship game, they met once before in uh, LSU at LSU, and it was a 9-6 to football game. I know you don't know much about football, but you could tell that's a boring game, all right? You get three field goals on one side to two field goals on the other side. So nobody wanted to see Alabama versus LSU take on each other in the national championship game. They ended up taking on each other in the national championship game, and Alabama won by kicking seven field goals and holding LSU to zero points. It was completely boring, and you know what it is? It's very similar to what's happening with Max Holloway and Jose Aldo. Nobody wants to see Jose Aldo versus Max Holloway, too, because Max Holloway just wiped the floor with Jose Aldo in Brazil. He did. So this is happening because Frankie Edgar pulls out due to injury. I don't see anything changing from that last fight to this fight. Max Holloway is going to wipe the floor with Jose Aldo again. Max Holloway is going to go to 11 fights in a row because, yes, Jose Aldo, one of the greatest fighters that we've seen in the UFC, one of the best featherweights of all time, probably the best featherweight of all time until Max Holloway takes that crown. Right. But the thing is, is that Max Holloway is just getting better, and Jose Aldo is coming off a loss. He's coming off two of three losses as a guy that doesn't lose. We don't know how he handles losses mentally. He wasn't really fully prepared for this fight. Let's see any way that Jose Aldo wins this fight, and I'm going to take Max Holloway in the third round again by knocking Jose Aldo out. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, Max Holloway is just going to take him into deep waters and just light him up with shots after shots after shots. And I hope not. I hope we get a good fight. I hope we get a great main event. But I feel like it's going to be a letdown, especially after Francis Ngannou knocks out Alistair Overeem in a great fight. <laughs> and I feel like most of this is going to be a great fight, but I feel like the main event is going to be a letdown. And it sucks that we're not getting Frankie versus Holloway because Frankie gets injured. That's a shame. That would have been a great fight, too. Frankie Edgar's wrestling pressure and his boxing pressure against Max Holloway's takedown defense. Awesome. Yeah. Would have been awesome. But. We're going to wrap it up, though, because Danny's got a meeting he's got to go to. So thank you so much for listening to the MMA Minutes. Those were our predictions for UFC 218. We'll be back soon. We'll definitely be getting you a preview of UFC 219, where my boy, Habib Nurmagomedov, will be returning to the Octagon. It should be a fun time. But for Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time.